Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Most businesses are born from the skill, creativity, and experience of a passionate person who develops a high-value offer for many and often die because they only whisper the availability of the offer to a few. Meredith Callagher helps business owners develop and implement marketing strategies that optimize for profit and meet their ideal customers where they are. She helps new and seasoned entrepreneurs effectively communicate the value of their offers and move prospects along their customer journey quickly. Welcome to the show, Meredith. Hey, Denise. Thanks so much for having me. So how is life in general? I understand you have a really busy household. (laughs) It's good. Yes, I have three teenagers in the house and I, and one of whom is a senior and honestly um, it's going great. Like you kind of hear, start to hear horror stories at the beginning of a kid's junior year in high school <laughs> about college applications and really about college applications. But, um, but honestly it's, it's going pretty well that the, it's not as hard as I thought it was going to be for him, which makes it my life easier too. <laughs> so. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my daughter in her senior years, she was, I, I was blessed. I had a really good kid. <laughs> I, you know I remember what, hearing the horror stories too. You know what I'm talking about? And do you know, another thing I thought recently, I remember saying when he was about four and a half, and then I had almost a two-year-old and a one-year-old, but I remember thinking, man, they take them away to kindergarten right when they get easier, which made sense, right? The teachers will finally take them all day when they start being like nice little humans. I sort of feel like that about college too. Like we get, we got through a lot of like hormones and angst. I think boys still get that stuff too. And then he's very lovely. I've got some that are still in the angst stage, but and now he's going to leave me. So I don't know. It works sort of similar. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to use that nice little human. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's adorable. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, it, it, you work from home, right? I do work from home. Uh-huh. Okay, perfect. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff you do. And we're actually going to hone in on um, Apple and how some of the things that they do, and I'm not an Apple user, so I might ask you what might sound like a dumb question uh, because I'm not that familiar with the platform. I am Android all the way and Microsoft all the way. Okay. Gotcha. Uh-huh. okay. Um, so let's just kind of, um, we, we talked a little bit about some changes in the iOS 14, and I know a newer platform has come out too, but let's start with the 14. Okay. That'd be great. Yeah. So um, this year, Apple in response to their users who were, you know, um, asking for more privacy, really, which makes sense that um, they made an update to all our Apple products that came out in about April. And not everybody still has downloaded it yet. But when you do um, update your Apple products with the iOS 14 update, all of the apps that are in their app store are now then required to basically ask you if you want to be tracked or not. So they, so before you could opt out of trap tracking, but the app didn't have to ask you that now up front, they basically say, do you want to be tracked or not? And 
Um, I mean, when I say that to you, wouldn't you think, oh yeah, I'll, most people think, yeah, I don't, I'll opt out of tracking, right? Like you don't, you would say no. Yeah. I opt out of any cookies on websites whenever I can. Yeah. Right. Which is sort of like, I think most people do, but what that means is, and what that meant for Facebook and Instagram is now the, the app can't track you when you go, when you leave the app. So what most people know is, you know, when you're on Instagram and you get that shirt that's dropped into your feed, that is, seems like the perfect shirt you would wear, or maybe like the perfect toy for your young kid. Yeah. And you think, how does it know that this is something that I would love? Right. You've seen that before. A lot of people yeah, know. It's or tracking like a, your behavior. It's tracking your behavior. And it's because maybe you went to that, um, that shop's website before, or more than likely you went to a shop that was similar to that shop and then they can track your behavior. Or it could just be because of our age and demographics and that, you know, they know, um, that because of some, some activity we've had on the website, we're likely to buy their product. And now if you, if, if a user opts out of tracking, then you, you, um, you won't get that on, on your Apple product anymore. And so, but what the kind of things about that is, is you might get a Viagra ad or like that's meant for me, like now they, or you might get a dog food ad and you're uh. allergic to pets because you know, now you've no longer. So you're only going to see the paid ads at this point. The paid well, ads, but, but paid ads that don't aren't that your information isn't available to. So like before, you know, you might get a paid ad, but it might be, make sense for you. We're now. Okay. So paid ads. So, so if I'm 50 and female, I might get financial services ads, which is their normal target. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, right. But if I love dogs, I still, because Purina might've paid for cat ads, I might get the cat ads, even though I'm going to be really frustrated because I'm not a cat person. Exactly. If you've opted out of tracking, right. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it does add value to the user, but most people um, feel like, I don't know, I, I, I'm, this is kind of hypothetical. I feel like some people feel like it's an invasion of privacy a little bit. Of course, that's why Apple did it. So it's sort of like, it's not, um, it's most people would agree, like a good thing that Apple is increasing their privacy rules, um, right? But for Facebook <laughs> and Instagram and really, and, and they tried to fight Apple on it and they, what they did was, and it is true. I mean, there's a lot of small businesses, like think about like Etsy shops and, um, you know, maybe the, a lot of the products you see on Shark Tank that you cheer for those, those, um, those entrepreneurs there, they, they rely heavily on Facebook ads and Instagram ads and digital ads to, um, to find the right audience for their product. And they were using, a lot of them were using that tracking that, um, Apple and Facebook was making available to us. So what happened was Facebook, I think it felt like as a Facebook and Instagram ad specialist, which is what most of my business is, is helping, um, women business owners, uh, serve digital ads to potential customers. Right. And so, um, it it was, it's hard for them because they've got to spend more money basically to find the right buyer. Um, cause they don't have, if, if people opted out of the tracking, they don't have the data that they had before, you know, and they can find 
the right audiences. It just basically costs them more. So that's hard. So that's what, so that is the campaign Facebook tried to launch like, Hey, we don't let's fight Apple on this. And, and it didn't work. Basically Apple won. They (laughs) lost. Yeah. So then, and why it felt like they weren't really ready to lose because there was a lot of scrambling in the spring. Um, They, they just, a lot of um, new, techniques they offered to their users to try to keep the ad costs down, but it, it did drive ad costs up for sure. And we're, um, we're looking at different ways to help small business owners still get ads at a reasonable cost to their potential customers. So I heard a lot of hoopla about pixels and all that stuff. And it used to be like, Oh, pixels are great. This is how you track. So this is kind of, uh, and actually about earlier this year, that, hey, pixels are becoming ineffective. So is this the same rolled yes, into the same exactly whole why. scenario? Because what is, so what we get, we so for Facebook, which and I, Facebook and Instagram work together through Facebook Business Manager, right? So when I say Facebook ads, I, I also mean Instagram ads. But so when you want to run a Facebook ad now and before you go to Facebook Business Manager and you're able to generate a free pixel. So it's just a code that a lot of platforms that house websites, even you don't even need a like a coder to take that Facebook pixel and put it on your website. Like there are a lot of places like WordPress and Kajabi and they just like someone that didn't study IT in college can just take that pixel put it in a place where, you know, WordPress says, put it here and then track anyone. And then Facebook will then show you who visited your website if you didn't opt out of tracking. So we still recommend that you put that pixel there, but it's not as effective. That's why it's not as effective because some people opted out, a lot of people opted out of tracking. But there's still some value in it, right? Of course, there's still some value in it. Like, um, if you're like, it's not if you're not an Apple user, you know, and or if you maybe don't like you, maybe you have an Apple iPhone, but you um, your desktop isn't Apple, then then all of that activity is still trackable for now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But there's things you can do. Like, that's what it would sort of been interesting is, um, Facebook is still allowing us to track on platform. And a lot of people, you hear it, right? Like use Instagram for everything or Facebook for everything, correct? Yes. So so let me stop right there. When you say track on platform for our listeners, what does that mean? That means that we, Facebook and Instagram can still track your behavior when you stay on their app. Does that okay. make sense? It does. So when that that privacy question that comes up when you download Facebook or Instagram or like when you did the iOS 14 update, it's asking if they can track your behavior off of their platform. So you, most of us would say mm. no. Okay. But when you go around the platform, we can still um, track. So, 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 so if I'm skulking around somebody's Etsy shop on Instagram, it's going to still know that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is that, um, which has been kind of interesting. I mean, for a long time, you've heard people say, you know, your email list is gold, right? Like your email list is you own it. No one can take it from you. So maybe you should put your efforts into growing your email list um, to, because then when you want to tell potential buyers something, you, 
you email them correctly, but, and, and they'll tell you, um, don't worry about your Instagram follower account or your Facebook business page follower account. But, but a lot of us still do because it's a little bit easier sometimes. I mean, in some people's opinion to maybe grow your Instagram followers than it is to maybe grow your email list. But that what's, what's cool about that is, um, what iOS 14 did is really make your Instagram followers and your Facebook page followers a little bit more valuable because we can we can still track their behavior. And let me give you an example. Before um, iOS 14, uh, an audience that did really well, like we can go into Business Manager and we can serve your everybody on your email list. We could serve them an ad on Facebook. So, I mean, if they, what we would do is we upload your email list and we can, um, and we can track them or we can, we can serve anybody that visited your website. We could serve them an ad because of that pixel. Right. And one thing that was really powerful is we could also create a lookalike audience, meaning Facebook would find 3 million Facebook users that looked similar to the people that visited your website because of that pixel. But now we can't do, we can, if they've opted out of tracking, we can't create that very powerful lookalike audience, but we can create a lookalike audience of your Instagram followers. So if you have 1000 Instagram followers, we can serve them an ad, plus we can create a lookalike of those 1000 people. But if you start growing that lookalike, we can, I mean, growing that your Instagram followers, that it look like just gets stronger and stronger. Do you see? Um, and also we yes. can serve those people an ad. And so it's kind of cool because it's usually cheaper to, to grow your Instagram followers. Um, so, so that's, that's nice. <laughs> so, so it's interesting. You're talking about growing followership and how it relates to this, because I had um, had a conversation with someone that wanted us to do their social media and his goal, it was a real estate agency in Florida. Okay. Yeah. Um, his goal was to have 50,000 followers on Facebook. And I, when I looked at his Facebook page, I said, you know, that's great, but you have like less than 0.2% of people at, at interacting with your account. So he yeah. was spending a lot of money on ads to get people. I suspect that the ads he was using to get people to like his page were not targeted in the way that you're suggesting right now. Right. Maybe not. Right. It, it might've been bet better at that point, had he had a list of his clients and created the lookalike audiences. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is a cool feature of the, and he might just not been taking advantage, but that is um, the targeting capabilities of, Facebook and Instagram are amazing. So you can use that list and create a lookalike. You know, you can also, um, you, I, which I always strongly recommend, the lookalike for cold um, targeting usually performs better than than interest targeting just because it's so powerful, right? They find people that um, that are already working with you, very similar to people already working with you. But then, yeah, like you, um, then you then you try the demographic targeting, which who knows he might not have been um, doing that. Yeah, correctly. we didn't work with him, but from what he shared with me, it was very much interest based. Yeah, um, right. Uh, location, of course, because he was in specific areas, location and, and demographic. It was not he was not utilizing that correctly, and and, and I. You know, I feel like followers can be a vanity metric, and sometimes entrepreneurs get very confused about, "Hey, I want to grow my followers, but why? 
Okay. Why? Yeah, if right. they have a strategy, like what you just said, it makes perfect sense. But right. if it's just because, Hey, I think it's great. I could say I have 50,000 followers. What value does that bring? Exactly. Um, I think strategies always, especially when you put money behind something like, um, let's just not hope it's going to be helpful. You know, let's make a plan. <laughs> so can you give me an example of a business you've worked with? And obviously without telling me who they are, maybe just the industry and just what kind of strategy did you lay out for them? What was their challenge and what kind of strategy did you lay out for them? Um, okay. So, um, well, I, uh, so I work with a local dentist, um, that in Fort Lauderdale, but I'm in, I'm in South Florida as well. I don't know if we mentioned <laughs> that part. And, um, as well as your client that we just talked about. Um, he actually, we didn't actually do business. <laughs> oh, right. The potential client. But so, um, so, so for Dr. Patty, that's who she is. Um, Dr. Patty boutique and spa. She, um, had a great social media team and, um, we did want to figure out actually how to, um, and it's hard for doctors to like get in a groove of, of, um, sharing contact that, sharing content that is relatable on a social media platform. A lot of HIPAA compliant and also HIPAA compliant. Right. And not using too many, uh, yeah, no clients. Right. um, So no patients. I mean, so um, when I came in, we did a couple of things. We looked at where she was putting her marketing money and we did see that she, they were spending quite a bit of time on Instagram. So we decided to one um, think about the best way to maybe grow the, um, the Instagram followers using um, organic and paid content. And then also how to then um, get more Client, patient bookings, right? So we did a couple of things. We actually used ads to grow her Instagram account um, quicker than it was growing just organically. So one thing we did, and this is kind of um, a, a, a trick because in, there are, when you go to business manager, on Facebook, there are 16 different objectives that you can ask to uh, run a campaign. And uh, one of them is to get, grow your Facebook business page account. So you can say, I want to grow my Facebook business page and it it sets up the ad for you. There is not one that says, I want to grow my Instagram following. But what we did was we use a traffic campaign, which is meaning Facebook send and send traffic to this website basically. But instead of her website URL, we put her Instagram URL. www.instagram.com backslash whatever your IG is, Dr. Patty, whatever hers is. Um, And we created a story video. So a nine by 16 video. I had her record it on her phone. So very easy for her to do. Hi, I'm Dr. Patty on my Instagram account. We like to talk about the latest and greatest in cosmetic dentistry. I, if, when my clients, they share their favorite procedure and whatever we talk about, you see, you say what you talk about. We share the ad only to Instagram stories, which is something you can, you can, decide where you want to place the ad, you know, you could place it in the Facebook feed, the Instagram feed, um, the story feed. And then 
a lot of your listeners probably know you only get a swipe up in Instagram stories if you have 10,000 followers right now. But when you run an ad, no matter how many followers you get, you can swipe up. So Dr. Patty said, so swipe up to follow me. And usually you tell them, swipe up, um, check out my profile and click the follow button. I like you to really tell them what you want them to do. And um, Denise, this grew her follower account. It cost us about $1.75 a follower, which might sound high, but you guys, she's a dentist. A lot of us don't use social media to follow our doctors, right? And so it's it's not easy for doc- people in the medical field to generate followers. So if you're, um, you, you know, you, I think that's on the high side. A lot of businesses could get lower costs to get follows, which is pretty awesome. Um, and they're great followers because they're not robots. You're asking real people that you've targeted. We only targeted people in her, um, you know, direct lo- geographic location. If your followers are nationwide, I think it would be a lot cheaper probably even. And anyway, so we so we grew her follower account and then we also ran ads so in the, with that, we got pretty big, like, because sometimes actually we were okay if people were just following her that weren't necessarily going to become patients because we wanted people that would engage with her account and maybe comment on her posts to get people that were in her ge- geographic area and in, more interested in her content. And then we also ran an ad to only her Instagram followers that was a click to call ad. So the mm. second ad campaign we ran was um, we ran it on Instagram and on Facebook in the feeds that said, hey, you know, come book your appointment, click this button. And that ad campaign will connect people to their phones. So it only shows on their mobile phones and they click the button and the phone starts ringing. It's pretty cool. That's incredible. So I'm going to do some simple math. Okay. Okay. So buck 75 per follower. Let's Mm -hmm. assume out of a hundred followers to become clients. That's a very low ROI. Very, very low. That's like 2%, but it's realistic. Okay. Cost of cosmetic dentistry, they probably spend um, three to $5,000. Exactly. Yeah. So you've just made on average, $4,000 $4,000 per client times two, that's 8,000. They spend $175. Right. I mean, it's pretty awesome, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, so, so I know sometimes people get really scared about, oh my gosh, I got to pay us a, a hundred, uh, you know, $1.75 per follower. But when they think about where the ROI could lead, you know, and not these like astronomical figures that are attainable, but a really attainable number, like what I just did, it mm-hmm. makes perfect sense to do that. Exactly. And just so your listeners know, but um, it it makes perfect sense, especially if you're already putting time into the platform. Like she doesn't go, she's got about 4,500 followers, which is is pretty big for a minister doctor, big number, but it doesn't matter. This strategy will work. However, whatever size your follower kind is, as long as, I mean, I see this all the time. People like, want to run ads to increase their email, for instance, but, they, but then they're not regularly emailing people. And I want to be like, why are we spending your money if you're not going to utilize these new followers? So, but this, a lot of people are consistently working on their Instagram. So it really makes sense for you, you guys, if you already are nurturing that, um, that group of people, your Instagram, and you have a plan in place, how to get them to, um, become a patient. And all that can mean is like once a week posting, you know, consistently, Hey, you know, when you want to make an appointment, 
call me or, you know, email me or buy this thing. You know, you want to give them um, a way to work with you. But most people, a lot of businesses are already doing that. I already have social media in place, you know, because it is, it is a free way to advertise. Absolutely. Why not put a little money behind it to grow? So last, uh, last question. Um, Do you feel like Instagram is more geared towards B2C business to consumer versus companies like mine? That's more business to business. I, um, I say yes, but the short answer is yes, because, but I mean, B2B can be work really well. You just have to remember. And I used, I, um, you have to remember that social media is a social platform. So I like to like it like, um, like it's like a cocktail party or um, maybe for moms, like a PTA meeting, maybe where when you walk into a cocktail party or a PTA meeting, you wouldn't say like, if we're going to go back to Dr. Patty, hi, I'm a dentist and I make great veneers for people. Like you would not <laughs> do that. I know she's B2C, but like B2B, like, hey, if it's me, hey, I want to run your social media and, you know, your social media ads, ask me about Facebook business ROI. Like I wouldn't do that, but you see a lot of businesses doing that. Right. And it falls flat, but I mean, I think, so I think that it works better B2C because businesses are, if they're thinking about B2C, they kind of are already thinking I've got to, um, I mean, some of them still make that mistake that they use it. Like they try to be too businessy, but I think that B2B can totally work um, on Instagram, if you're, you know, really remember, you still have to treat it like a social platform and get to know people before you engage them. Right. Um, but it, it can work. I just think businesses, B2B businesses sometimes forget where they are. So that's why it works better for B2C. Great information. Meredith, yeah. how can our listeners find you after the show? Well, talking about Instagram, I do love Instagram. I'm at Meredith Callaher, but my website too. I have got a lot of information on my website and you can click a free discovery call with me there at MeredithCallaher.com. And we can talk about your business and and talk about how uh, ads could work for you. Okay. And I'll make sure that all of that information is in the show notes as well. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Denise. You're welcome. Thanks for being such an awesome guest. Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, Creating a Thriving Space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.